0: Free universal preschool might be coming to Illinois. Governor Pritzker delivered his State of the State address yesterday. And today, the hot topic is his plan for universal preschool.
1: Today, I ask you to partner with me once again. This time on the long-term investment that has the greatest return for taxpayers with the most positive social and economic impact that I have ever come to you with. It's called Smart Start Illinois, and it will make our state the best place in the nation to raise young children.
0: State Senator Christina Passione Zayas has led the charge for training early childhood educators, and she joins us now to break down Governor Pritzker's Smart Start proposal. Hi, Senator. Welcome mm-hmm. back. Thank you.
2: Great to be with you.
0: So the governor announced his plan for Universal Preschool in Illinois, as I mentioned. But tell us more. How would this work? What exactly is is he proposing for early childhood education?
2: Well, it is a comprehensive and meaningful investment into our birth to five system. Um, in total, it's going to be $250 million in the first year. Year, but there's a four-year vision with some uh, budgetary proposals attached to that. Um, Initially, there is going to be a $79 million increase in the Early Childhood Block Grant. Um, That is our state-funded preschool, and that's going to result in the first-year 5,000 new seats in both center-based and uh, school-based classrooms. Um, but it will lead up to, over the four years, 20,000 new seats. There's going to be an expansion in home visiting programs, which are uh, prenatal to age five focused, uh, where you have practitioners, nurses, um, early childhood professionals who go to the home and support the parents in supporting their child's development with Uh, baby wellness visits and preventing abuse and neglect and understanding brain science and how they can best support their children. There's a $40 million increase in the early intervention program. And these are clinical therapeutic interventions for infants and toddlers up to the age of three that can, you know, prevent later needs um, for special education. There's $100 million that will essentially double the capital investment in expanding brick and mortar spaces for early care and education there's 130 million dollars going towards um, child care expansion so that we can ensure that our child care providers are adequately compensated Mm -hmm. and then there is another investment in extending the early childhood access consortium for equity which was a piece of legislation i championed and sponsored Um, that would upskill our incumbent workforce to meet their educational goals.
0: So you've talked a bit there about uh, some of the funding that that is associated to the the different portions of of this plan. But where's the money going to come from?
2: Well, I was just with the governor right now at a press conference here um, in Springfield. And it essentially comes from all of the cost savings that we've been able to um, pile up because, we are now on better financial footing. You know, when we have, when we don't have a uh, double-digit billion uh, backlog in, in bills, um, we're having some cost savings on our um, interest and in debt service. When we are paying down our pension obligations, um, we are again having cost savings on debt service, and therefore our revenue estimate still conservative, but enough that we are able to um, ensure that we're funding this adequately without having to uh, raise additional taxes.
0: All right, I want to add two more voices to the conversation to help us break this all down. Catherine Main is with us here in studio. She's a senior lecturer and program coordinator at UIC's College of Education. Hi, Professor Maine. Welcome.
3: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: And James Heckman is a Nobel Prize winning economist at the University of Chicago. He studies early childhood education. Welcome, Professor.
4: Well, thank you for having me. I enjoy this uh, conversation. I hope.
0: <laughs> I think we will, Professor Maine. I'll start with you. Give us your initial reaction to this proposal.
3: Well, I'm thrilled. I think it's. I think it's wonderful, and I think uh, Senator uh, pointed out something really important with regard to the word comprehensive. Uh, it's not just about free uh, preschool for all, but it's also about broadening and increasing early childhood. Writ large, including um, I'm especially excited about the investment in early intervention. It's an area that the state um, really needs to pay attention to and invest in. So I am very excited about it. And I, my question that I'm thinking about right now is the how. Uh, right. And I'm really considering uh, our workforce and preparing our workforce to meet this exciting challenge.
0: I'm curious what you're most interested in, in focusing on with the early intervention piece of things.
3: Well, I think the one word in the early intervention piece was the word coordination. And I think that that's critical for how we support our families, especially our families that need early intervention services, that it is coordinated and that families feel that they get the support they need from a, a central support system instead of multiple pieces sort of just patched together. Um, also, I think early intervention, when we talk about return on investment, yeah. is a really critical return on investment. By supporting our children in that space, the birth to three space, we definitely have savings from avoiding putting them in special ed placements for years on through the K to 21.
0: Professor Heckman, how about you? What are your initial thoughts?
4: Well, I think it's a step in the right direction. And I'm getting an echo.
0: Is, I, is your radio on? We, we hear you just fine. Okay, that's fine. I'm okay. just getting an echo. I, my radio is not on, but that's okay. Okay.
4: But, but um, the, I, I think it's a step in the right direction. I think there might be better steps going forward. And um, I would hope that the bill, when it comes to final passage and when understood fully, that we get a clear understanding of exactly what the latest findings are and where the money might be spent most wisely. But I think there's a very high economic return. It's not just in special education. That's a that's a component and that's real. But but in studies of these early childhood interventions that are similar to those proposed, when we follow children over their lifetime, and we're talking about children in the 50s now who were three to four when the program started, that's the Perry Preschool program or the ABC program, we follow them to mid-40s, what we find is a rate of return, in other words, a dollar return, rate of return about 13 to 14 percent per annum. So, which is a very high social return, and that's counting all the costs of taxation it's counting all the, the distortions that might arise from taxation yeah, so there's a very strong effect and I would add uh to what was said by the, the uh, by the professor that that there's also a return of the next generation. Some of our work has found that the children uh the 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 children of the original participants are actually quite uh doing quite well. Yeah. And so it goes on point. into the second generation. And That's I think so I think that the economic and social benefits are there. But I would simply add that, you know, the notion of universal, which is very highly regarded on political terms, the fact of the matter is, is that the most benefit is found for the least advantage. So targeted programs have been shown repeatedly to have stronger effects. Yeah. So you can make it universal. And, you know, I don't know if we need to extend daycare to Winnetka, but we can. But we could simply have something like a graduated schedule so that individuals who are very wealthy, who wanted to take use of this program, could access it, but they would have to pay for it. Right. So so I think there's some modifications that could make the program even better.
0: Well, let's hear from, from the senator some more here. You know, part of the proposal focuses on early childhood education settings other than schools. So tell us more about what that would look like and and why it is important to uh, expand resources for community-based education settings.
2: Yeah, so in Illinois, we are lucky to have what we call a mixed delivery model. That means that high-quality early care and education can take place in licensed homes where there is family child care. It can take place in center-based care that is run by community-based organizations that provide an array of wraparound services, and then, of course, our school-based settings. To specifically highlight the community-based settings, which are incredibly important for our working families, is because they tend to offer a full day of care, so from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., they tend to offer year-round care, and that's in contrast to what school-based settings do, but they also tend to have a multi-generational model where they're supporting families maybe with financial literacy or workforce training and development or immigration legal services. Um, the point is they really fill in the gap. And in Chicago, particularly, a lot of our community-based centers used to be settlement homes. And those used to be ports of entry for immigrant families who are trying to start off and get connected um, and into, into Chicago. And so there's a long history and legacy of those spaces being more comprehensive and um, more kind of attuned to the nuance and the complexity of what families need to
0: thrive. Yeah. I want to talk about so-called early childhood deserts. Here's Governor Pritzker.
1: Too many families can't access early childhood programs at all because they live in an early childhood desert where no providers or available spots exist within a reasonable radius of their home or their work. Smart Start Illinois will allocate $100 million of new capital to double the Rebuild Illinois investment, already helping providers build new and expanded uh, existing facilities.
0: Professor Main, I'm going to get you to tell us about what that looks like here in our city. But first, Senator, can you just define for us what is an early childhood desert and, and what's the impact on kids and families?
2: For sure. It's, it's any geography that has a gap in terms of the number of households that have young children that meet a particular economic threshold but do not have access to a high-quality early care and education program or services. So what he's specifically trying to get to is that 80% of any geography um, the, the families that would qualify for these particular programs and services, meeting an economic threshold or presenting with um, some extenuating circumstances uh, that, that may undermine optimal child development, 80 percent of those families having access to all the seats available instead of being boxed out because there is what we call a slot gap.
0: Not enough
3: seats, but too much demand.
0: So, Professor Mayne, ground us in Chicago.
3: Well, so in Chicago, what it looks like, and actually what it looks like across the whole state of Illinois, if there's a desert, a childcare care desert, that means parents don't have a safe place for their children to go while they're at work. And that is, uh, I think, a, f- a fundamental problem uh, for our whole economy and for families who are trying to take care of their children and also work. And Put those two things together, and we have to figure out a way where families are feeling that they can drop their children someplace that is safe. And I don't mean to use the word drop because it's not like just drop, but it's take their children somewhere where they feel safe. There's nothing worse for you know those of us who are parents who know this to be worried about what's happening with your child during Absolutely. the day while you're at work. I mean, the, the thought of the work productivity and your ability – Um, to do the job that maybe you were hired to do when you're worried about your child and you're worried about who's taking care of your child, it's unacceptable. And we need to figure out a way to make sure that every parent in this state has a safe place where they know their child is being cared for by a quality um, professional and a professional who is trained and understands how to work with young children and support young children's development and learning.
0: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. In yesterday's State of the State address, Governor Pritzker unveiled a proposal to expand early childhood education and care, and it's called Smart Start Illinois. We're breaking down what this means for preschoolers and their families with State Senator Christina Passione-Zayas, UIC Professor Catherine Main, and University of Chicago economist James Heckman. Uh, professor Heckman, I know that you've done a lot of research in early childhood development and education. You've even traveled the world studying what other countries are doing. I've seen some of your work looking at Denmark and China, for instance. Briefly, just give us a couple examples that you found to be particularly successful.
4: Well, one thing that is very surprising and I think adds a new element and should be added to the discussion is uh, understanding the powerful role of home visiting and the fact that it's very low cost compared to many of the alternatives, including some of those being discussed. Uh, I'm not saying that home visiting is the only answer, but the power—the one thing that's been learned, and it's really a recurring theme in a lot of work, whether it's a very fully funded full-day pre-K or a, uh, a very small-scale uh, program that operates only a few hours a day, the one thing that's been founded is the universal theme, the universal finding, I should say, mm-hmm. is the fact that children that the greatest effect is sort of turning the parents on into the children's lives. So it's in home visiting that stimulates not the child directly, but the parent to engage in the life of the child. And some of these home visiting programs are surprisingly effective at a far lower cost. And so I think what we need to understand, I think, more broadly, and what worries me about this is, you know, I hear about building centers and bricks and mortars and deserts. Yes, we have those, and it might be better to have facilities, and I'm not denying any of that. Mm-hmm. But I think the crucial thing that we found, and we have a series of studies. This We've done work in Tibet and Jamaica and, you know, around the, around the world now yes. recently in China. But what we found is that every time the parents get engaged and the parent-child interaction is in, fostered, and parents are getting aware of what normal expectations are of child development, That what look like very low cost, very simple schemes that, you know, just don't meet the standards. And the the home visitors are not particularly university trained. Many of them aren't even high school graduates. But what they do is they switch on this this parent or caretaker child relationship. Now, I understand that that's only a partial solution, but it's a very effective solution. And mixed in with some notion about child care. We know that child care is a real issue. But those two issues get bound together sometimes. Right. I'm, I'm
0: glad you're making and, that and, distinction. Yeah. yeah uh, I want to so hear from the governor again. Uh, here's where he's uh, talking about training educators.
1: Of course, adding preschool seats only works if you have the staff to support them. That's where the Early Childhood ACE Scholarship Program comes in. Last year, with the legislative leadership of Senator Christina Pasione zayas we began investing in community colleges and universities – to build a pipeline of early childhood educators. Already, nearly 1,500 people are on a path to get upskilled, and I propose now to continue providing this opportunity for the next four years.
0: So we heard your name there, Senator. I mean, as the chair of the Senate's Early Childhood Committee, is, is this proposal everything that you said Illinois children need? or What more would you have liked to see, if anything?
2: Um, I would say that it's definitely an excellent start. I mean, the fact that we are touching every aspect of the system in this proposal shows, again, how attuned he is that it's not just the sexiness of adding more preschool slots; It's that plus six other things in very comprehensive ways. And I think it's just going to be incredibly important that I work really closely with my colleagues across the General Assembly to actually get this appropriated in our budget, and then after we pass the budget, to work with the agencies to ensure that we effectively implement, because it's one thing to pass a budget or a piece of legislation, it's a whole nother endeavor to make sure that it's implemented Great. with fidelity.
0: Professor Main, why is it important to have a diverse early childhood workforce, and what kind of support would that workforce need? That's such an important question, and so thank you for
3: asking that. And I I actually want to build a little bit on what uh, Dr. Heckman mentioned about how important it is to turn the parents on and um, get the parents to understand ways that they can engage with their child. And it's a diverse early childhood workforce. That is going to be better prepared to sometimes work with our families and in our communities. Uh, parents might be more apt to listen to somebody who speaks their home language with them. They might be more trusting of somebody who's of and from that community where they grew up. And so, I do think that that is important that we think about the diversity that we have um, in in our workforce. We recognize it and we pay special attention to supporting those who are already there. Get upskilled. Get support return to school and get the credentials that they need to provide the highest quality care for our children.
0: Yeah. I mean, another important point of Pritzker's proposal also has to do with contracts. We don't have enough time to dig into that piece right now. But just, you know, in summary, Professor Main, what do you think is needed to achieve the goals that Pritzker's laid out here?
3: I think, in summary, what we really need is a continued and building on what Christina said, obviously the work that she's going to have to do in in the Senate uh, of getting the bill passed. But we need coordinated effort across our state agencies. Uh, Early childhood is governed under multiple state agencies, and there needs to be strong coordination across. everybody, sort of rowing in the same direction. Uh, We also need to continue to build and... um, learn from all of the advocacy groups that are paying attention to this and supporting us. And finally, I'm going to go back to the workforce. Mm-hmm. We, we really absolutely need to support the people who are in the workforce right now. We don't have enough of them, and they are in places where they're not getting the kind of professional development and access to teacher learning that they really need to have. To have great Child development and child learning. We need continual teacher learning, and yeah. they need to be
0: supported and cared for and nurtured, just like the children do. Uh, just a few seconds here, Professor Heckman. But any thoughts on on what we're going to need to to actually achieve the goals Pritzker's laid out here?
4: Well, I completely agree with what Professor Main was saying, and I would just a- add that the, these programs that I was describing really do exactly what she's saying, and they are successful for that. They work with the people. At their level, but another dimension of it, which I think isn't really built into Pritzker's proposal so far, is recognizing some very effective home visitors and childcare workers can be people who aren't so highly educated, but are who are aware of how to engage the parent and the child and and give instructions to the parent, and so and that could involve you know relatives and people in the surrounding community. Yeah. So I would just add one thing that I think is really important is that we really want to engage the family, we want to engage the community, mm-hmm. and we want to engage the, the private sector in this business. So I think we have a much stronger thrust into early childhood and improvement right. of the lives of children if we really engage all of these actors instead of thinking this is not as some people have already said in this conversation mm-hmm. this is not extending uh k through 12 into the home this is something that is really working in a very delicate and intimate situation respecting the parents values and providing uh, working with them at their level and what they're doing but but fostering right. that family life and, and i know the truth is that nobody wants to talk about problems with family life and yet Every problem in society that has so many problems right. are a, a, a function of dysfunctional uh, family We're just, just so, about
0: out of time. Good points there, Professor. I, I want to give the senator the last word, though. Next steps for this proposal.
2: So um, the governor is on a tour across the state um, sharing the news. I'm uh, actually working closely with my companion in the House, that's Representative Joyce Mason, and we're going to be launching a series of subject matter hearings to basically lay out the case of the why, but then go through each of the components that the governor has proposed, and that will simultaneously be happening during our budget um, appropriation hearings and process so that we can get it over the finish line.
0: That was State Senator Christina Pesione zayas UIC professor Catherine Maine, and University of Chicago economist James Heckman. Thank you all so much.